Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. He said this to his disciples. He said, a new commandment. Let's read together. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let me read back to you a couple of things. He says three times in here. Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. The last three weeks we've been talking about the love of God for us. We don't just receive the love of God. God asks us. He said, in fact, it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. It's the great commandment of love. He says, a new commandment I give you. And on this commandment hangs every other commandment I've given you in the law. It's the commandment of love. And I command you to love one another, he says. I remember I was talking to a pastor a few years ago, a friend. We were sitting down at lunch. And he said, what do you guys do for outreach? And I said, well, and I was telling him some of the outreach things we were doing in the city. This was at a church I was at before, the uh, church I was at for many, many years. And I was telling him some of the out, outreach things we were doing, and I said, what are you doing for outreach? You know, and I thought he asked me. Sometimes people ask you things because they have something, like, really cool up their sleeve. And I thought he was going to outdo us, you know, for outreach or something. And so I said, what are you guys doing for outreach? And he said, well, I prayed about, you know, a few months ago and asked the Lord what he wanted us to do for outreach. And the Lord said, well, uh, you're not really taking care of the people in your own church. He said, how about starting with inReach before you do outreach? He said, and he went, ooh. He said, why don't you get really good at inReach before you do outreach? And, uh, and uh, so he pointed back to this scripture that he said, by this all we'll know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. He said, you're not even loving the people in your own body that the Lord's called in part, as part of the congregation. So he said, so he, he spoke it to us, told his congregation, we need to start loving one another. And they said, well, we do love one another. And they started bringing up the needs of the congregation and really realized that they needed to really lean in to one another and start loving one another. And after they got that intact and things were ready, they were really ready for outreach. I was sitting down with a pastor, another pastor this week, this last week, uh, just uh, at a coffee shop in town. And he was telling me about, uh, he was kind of warning me, because uh, I'm new to the city. He was kind of warning me in Memphis how some churches are brutal. And how there's, ter- you know, some, some churches have territories. And how people aren't always nice to pastors. And they don't always love, you know, pastors. And they're not, all, they're welcoming up front. But in the back sometimes, you know, they sometimes might have a different agenda. And I, and I said, really? And I said, well, why would that be? And he said, well, you know, and he's given me a couple of different examples. He was just saying, you know, I know you're nice. I know you're you're, you're happy to be here and you're new in town. But just watch your back. Watch, you know, just watch your conversations and and just know he was kind of giving me a warning. And I said to him, I said, well, why do you think, you know, he was telling me about different pastors that are in and out and churches that have split and all these things that are happening. I said, well, why do you think that is? And he said, we shoot our wounded. 
I said, what, what do you mean? He said, we shoot our wounded. He said, sometimes in the church we shoot our wounded. People get wounded and we say, well, they didn't do a good job. They're leaders. They should have done good. Or, or they're people we expected more. So we shoot them and we take them out. He said, and unfortunately, that's just, you know, kind of how it is. They get a shot and they're, they're in and then they're out. He said, and uh, I said, well, what do you think we ought to do? And we began to talk about love and things. But I was reading this scripture. A new commandment I give you, God says, that you love one another as I have loved you. You also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Can I tell you, church, this morning, the world looks at the way we treat one another in this room. The world looks at the way we love one another in the body of Christ. Now, I think we treat one another pretty well. I really do. But the world looks at the way that we love one another uh, and in the church at large, and I think sometimes the world may feel like they can treat one another better out on the streets than sometimes the church treats one another within the doors. And I think that we as the church need to do a great job to be a testimony of the kingdom of God in loving one another. Can somebody say amen this morning? Amen. The world looks at the way that we love one another. Notice what uh, points out a disciple, he says here. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. Not if you have faith. Not if you have knowledge. Not if you have hope. Not if you put on a good front. Not if you put it all together. But if you have love for one another. That's the way, that's what points out a disciple is if you have love for one another. Another thing I want to point out about this is Jesus started out and he says, as I have loved you, you also loved one another. As I have loved you. We give his love only to the degree that we receive it. That's why in this great love series, we can't just talk about us loving God. The Bible says we love God because he first loved us. God doesn't ask us to start loving him. No, he says, don't worry about loving me. While you're yet sinners, I'll love you. Let me just love on you for a while. Let me let you soak up my love for a while. And after you soak up my love for a while, what's going to come back? Love's going to come back. After you soak up my love for a while, what, what are you going to start putting out to the world? And what are you going to put out to your brothers and sisters? Love is going to go outside. So he says, as I have loved you, you also love one another. We give his love only to the degree that we receive it. Remember Jesus said, freely you have received, freely freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. We read the verse last week in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Look at it on the screen. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Really, in a number of translations, it says love comes from God. Where does true love come from? From God. You heard, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. The only place you can find true love is God. So the, 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 the wrong place to find love is any place except for finding love in God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, or love comes from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. What is he saying? He's saying the person who loves, who genuinely loves, it shows he's born again. 
somebody who genuinely loves. Have you ever met someone who uh, has a, like a strong personality and they pop off and then they say, oh, it's cool, I'm Italian. <laughs> Have you ever heard someone say that? It's all right, I'm Italian. I just tell it like it is. And then let me tell you one even worse. They say, I'm Sicilian. I'm not just Italian. I'm like Sicilian. Like I'm, I give it straight out, you know. And they, or someone else, you know, uh, Russian. Oh, man, Russian. They just say, you know, sometimes they just say, I just tell it like it is. I just give it straight. You know, maybe there's, they will say, I don't have the emotions or I don't have the whatever. I'll just give it right. Because they'll say, I'm born in that heritage. That's the way my culture is. That's the way I'm born. Do you know the culture of the kingdom is the culture of, what is it? The culture of love. He's saying everyone who loves is born of the culture of love. So someone may look at you and they may say, you're just so full of love. What is it? And you say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just born of love. Why? Because the God that I'm born of, I've been born again. And the God that I've been born of is. So his DNA is. So my DNA is. So I can't help but. So if you squeeze me, what's going to come out? So if you push me, what's going to come out? So if you pee me off, what's going to come out? Yeah. <laughs> right. Out of my spirit, right? <laughs> it's going to be love, right? Because that's why he says walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, right? See, if we're walking in the spirit, in fact, the fruit of the spirit or the attributes of the spirit, what's the very first, first fruit of the spirit? The fruit of the spirit is Love, this very first fruit of the Spirit. It's the very first attribute of the Spirit. What's the second attribute of the Spirit? What is it? That means if we're walking in the Spirit, we're walking in love. If we're walking in the Spirit, we're walking in joy. Not happiness. Happiness is kind of a reaction to our circumstances. Joy comes from within, right? So sometimes I have to draw from the well, which is from my spirit down on the inside, which is where joy comes from, right? Joy comes down from on the inside. So you have to draw from the well. And How many have to ever draw from the, the well to love somebody? Does that ever happen to you, to you sometime? Where you just go, I can't. I, in fact, you've said it out of your mouth. I can love, but I can't love them. Does that ever happen to you? I can love, but I can't love them. Let me tell you why, why you can love them. Because you're born of love. If you're born again, you have love on the inside of you. He says, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. We have love for one another. It's not optional for a believer. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. What does that mean? Where is love? Love's on the inside of you. Show me where love is. Love's on the inside of you. Love lives inside of you. Show me where forgiveness is. It's on the inside of you. If you say, I can't forgive. No, you choose not to forgive. You choose not to forgive. You say, well, that's kind of hard. I've been in counseling for a while. No, you can stay in counseling, but you can choose to forgive. Jesus said, and when you stand praying, forgive. Meaning at that point, you have the choice to forgive. How can you forgive? With your heart. The same way by faith that you made Jesus the Lord of your life, but it's the same way you can release the love of God in your heart to forgive anyone who's wronged you, even if it was 20 years ago. Even if it was in childhood, you can release forgiveness. You can release the love of God for them. And can I tell you, when you have a pure love for God and an open love for people, there's a freedom that comes on the inside. 
Jesus was our example of love. John chapter 13, he gave the ultimate uh, example pretty close before he left his disciples. It says in John chapter 13 in verse 4, Jesus rose from supper. I think he was from the south because it says from supper, right? (laughs) But he says, he rose from supper and he laid aside his garments, kind of took off his jacket or something or his robe, and he took a towel and he girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, you know, like a, a, a bucket or something. And he, and he began to wash his disciples' feet and wipe them with a towel uh, with which he girded. Now, how many of you have ever just finished dinner? And right after dinner, you, you kind of just, you know, laid aside your stuff and you took a, a pot and you just kind of kneeled down next to your family and you just started, like, washing their feet. How many would, would, would probably think your family would probably kick you yeah, if, if you started touching your feet or touching your toes, right? But what did Jesus do? He began to wash his disciples' feet. You know, I know we, we read about this in the Bible, and we're like, it wasn't that special. I think if somebody's washing my feet, I wouldn't think that's special. i think, what in the heck are you doing, right? And that's kind of what was going on in this, in this situation. Look at, look at what's happening here. He says, after that, he poured water, and he began to Wash, he says, he began to wash his disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel with which he girded, was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, the one who had a lot of comments, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? You know, I could imagine Peter has some stanky feet, right? He said, Lord, are you washing my feet? You sure you want to wash my feet, Lord? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing you do not understand now. But you will know after this. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you will have no part with me. Let me say about this right here. Let's stop right here. They had to receive from Jesus before they could give. They had to receive the love of the Lord before they could give the love of the Lord. And Jesus' ultimate act of servanthood was to get down at the lowest part of who we are, and that's our feet. I mean, I could say we could shake someone's hand, we could give them a hug, right? We could even go up and and stroke them on the cheek or just go, man, you're just such a great person, right? But when you come down and you say, their feet, their feet. Feet are nasty. Feet stink. Feet have corns. Fungus. Right? And I mean, this is like in the day where they take care of feet. Can you imagine the feet back then? They walked everywhere. Nasty. And Jesus kneeled down to the, really, to the dirtiest part, the lowest part of humanity. And he got down on his hands and knees and he washed his feet. And he said, I have to do this. I have to get down to the lowest part of you and serve you. I have to do it. And if you won't let me serve you at the lowest part, then you have no part with me. Can I tell you, it took humility for Peter to sit there and receive and let someone wash their feet. It takes humility for you to sit there and let someone pray for you this morning, doesn't it? For you to sit there and someone says, what can I pray for you about? And you think, man, I don't really want you to pray for me. I can pray on my own. 
But listen, the, the truth of the matter is you don't really want to open up to people and tell them. And even the stuff you open up, you kind of have, this is the deep stuff, this is the middle stuff, this is the permissible stuff. I'm going to let you in right here, right? <laughs> well, pray for my time schedule, because my time schedule needs to be a little more on point. <laughs> and they're like, seriously, of all the things I can pray for you, I'm going to pray that you would have a better time schedule. Seriously. And you're like, that's all that's, all that's going on in my life, brother. You're like, oh, then you're perfect, okay, right? But the reality is, is Jesus said, I don't want to deal with just what's going on right. I want to deal with the feet. I want to get down in things, and you're going to have to let me deal with those things, or else you have no part from me. You're going to have to get down the down and dirty. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only then. <laughs> you can wash my hands. You can wash my head. You can wash all of me. And Jesus said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet. Peter, we're not getting in all that. He said, but uh, he's completely clean and you're already clean, but, uh, but not all of you, for he knew that he would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed the feet, he had taken his garment, sat down again, and he said, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. See, that was a place of honor place of authority sin you call me you you call me teacher and lord you call me something that's of position of honor of esteem of authority he said and you say well because that's really who i am I'm not saying that i'm not but if i say then you're if i'm your lord and your teacher if i've washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for i have listen I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. We're going to stop there. I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Loving one another. Not just dealing with the nice parts of your life. Not just dealing with the nice parts of one another's lives. Dealing with the nasty parts of one another's lives. Being willing to, when you're going through something, open up to someone and trusting them. But also, when someone else is going through something, that they can come up to you and you not give them that look like, oh man, are you serious? Oh, do I have to deal with that today? But really understanding, that's what I'm here for. Can I tell you, that's really why we come to church. We don't come to church to get blessed. We come to church to bless. We don't come to church just to receive. We come to church to give and to encourage and to bless one another. That's why we live life. It is, see, God takes care of us and he blesses us and he'll send people around us to encourage us and to love us and to take care of us. But he does ask us to do something and that's to take care of one another. Not just dealing with the people who have it all together, but people who don't. Feet are the lowest part. You can say you love me, but... Will you wash my feet? Requires humility to minister, but it also requires humility to receive ministry. It requires humility to minister and wash someone else's feet, but it also requires humility to get your feet washed. And I don't know which one's more difficult. Both require humility. You know what my prayer is, is that we would be a body that we would be safe enough that if you're going through a situation you feel 
that you can come around church, you can come around family, and if you're going through a funk, you're going through mess, you're going through stuff in your life, that someone's going to come and bring healing. Someone's going to come, and you can be on your lowest day, darkest day, and you're going to come and get hope. You're going to come and get life. Or you're going to come and you're going to find someone else who's going through their worst day. And when you find them, you run to them. You take care of them. You watch out for them. You help them. You love them. It requires humility on both aspects. The example of washing feet is the example of serving one another. I want to read to you in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says this, brethren, this is a great example of what washing feet would be. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore. Spiritual people don't point out people's sins. See, sometimes we think spiritual people go, I notice that, I notice that, I notice that. No, anyone can sit back and, and, and target practice people. Spiritual people find the targets and go to the people and bring restoration to the people. Notice what he says. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of what? What is it? In the spirit of what? In the spirit of gentleness. That word restore is this word, complete, repair, mend. When we see someone who's overtaken in a trespass, we should go to them and try to bring completeness, repairing, mend them in the spirit of gentleness. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. In other words, watch out because you might get in that same mess. He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, it's the scripture we opened up with. He says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. But how do we do it? We bear one another's burdens and so we fulfill the law of Christ. How do we do it? See, it's so, it's so easy when we just say, I love everybody, I love everybody. But then when something comes out and we act like we didn't see it, you know what I mean? You see a need and you act like you didn't see that need. You, you just turn a cold ear to the need. This week, let me tell you, uh, one of our, our dear sisters, she's a um, um, pastor, a leader here at the church, Marla Reed. Marla Reed's a worship leader here. About two weeks ago, she went into emergency surgery, and she uh, got put into, um, she was in the hospital. She's, they'd marked her out for six weeks. I was sitting at the table one morning, two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, and, uh, and I got a text that that this, this happened and what was going on, you know, with her. And I just said, Lord, what do we do with Marla? I opened my Bible and I was doing my daily reading. Here uh, at Memphis Tabernacle, we'll read our Bibles every day and we have a daily reading plan that we all go through the Bible uh, every day. We have some bookmarks that you can take and go through. So I was going through my daily reading that day and I opened up my Bible that day to Titus chapter 3 and verse 14, okay? I was reading down through Titus chapter 3 and I was, on, I was on verse 13, and I got this text, okay? And then I said, Lord, what do I do? I don't really know what to do. And I said, well, 
Lord, I just opened up my heart. I'm going to finish my Bible reading, then I'll pray about it. And I'd started, kept reading on verse 14, and it said, And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, <laughs> that they may be, not be unfruitful. And the Lord's like, well, it's in the next verse. There's what to do. Somebody say amen. amen. See, when he says love one another as I've loved you, well, there's where the rubber meets the road. We're in the middle of a building project. We're not, we're, not, we're not underneath. We're not in trouble or anything. But, I mean, there's a lot of expenses to get things going on a, on a building like this. And uh, we're watching every penny uh, with it. So when something happens like that, you know, just to say, hey, we'll just, you know, sort of sit there and go, what are we going to do? How are we going to take care of that? And I read the scripture, to meet urgent needs. And then I say, well, Lord, now how does that, you want to act like you just didn't read that scripture, just kind of go to the next verse, okay? Let's go to the next verse. Let's see what the next verse says, right? <laughs> but what do you think the Lord would say in the middle of that? Take care of Marla. Would, would, would you interpret that? See, I'm just, I'm just showing you, I'm just showing you how the Lord works. The Lord will put things in front of you that are practical, relevant. It, it, it's exactly what you're asking. How do I love people? And then the Lord will put those situations right in front of you and say, let's see what you'll do. Will you wash the feet? And you'll say, well, let's see what else he has. Have you ever done it? Yeah, but here's what I learned about the Lord. If you'll do it, even if it's little, he'll trust you with something else. And then if you'll do that, he'll trust you with something else. And then if you'll do that, he'll trust you with something else. And then one day someone will go, how does the Lord trust you with all that stuff? Well, he didn't start there. He started with something really small. Like, buy that guy a Coke. Right? Like, Go, go, go pick up that trash or go take care of this situation. Something really small. And if you did that, it's probably, it'll, it'll progress in time. When he says love one another, a lot of times it's not something real big. It's right where you are. I believe that because we're going over this, right where you are, you'll be tested on that this week. And God will give you, really, a test is an opportunity to pass. He's not, a test is not an opportunity to fail. It's an opportunity to pass. He gives you an opportunity to pass. Uh, maturity uh, continuum is, is that we go from dependency, we need someone else to help us, to be an independent, to be interdependent. We, as the body of Christ, need to learn to bear one another's burdens, to work together, to be interdependent together. The church needs to work together and depend on the Lord together. This is why it's so important, and I'm going to say this to, as we close today. This is why it's so important for us to gather together weekly in church I know some people don't believe in church every week. You know, I'm talking, I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But some people would say, I don't, I don't really, you know, need to be in church every week. You know, I, I just show up to church whenever I want. It's important for us to be in church every week or as much as we can. And I'll tell you why. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says, let us consider one another. Listen, we don't come to church for the organization. We don't come to church for the building. We don't come to church to give. We don't come to church for the pastor. 
We don't come to church so that we'll look like we have a big attendance. We come to church for one another. He says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, listen, but exhorting one another and so much the more. The assembling is a gathering together in one place. It's a, com a collection of everybody together coming together. He's saying, make sure to make that a priority. Make sure to come together as a church and make it a priority. He says, why? So much the more, he says, exhorting one another. Come to encourage one another. When you walk into church, walk in with the heart to say, who can I bless today? Who can I love today? Who can I encourage today? I've heard people uh, walk in and they've said, I don't really feel community. And I've said, did you come to give community? See, because when you walk in to give community, what happens? You stir up community. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, right? If you come to give friendship, what will you get? Be not deceived, my brethren. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If someone's telling you, I don't have any friends, they're telling on themselves. Let me say it again. If someone tells you, I don't have any friends, they're telling on themselves. You know what they're saying? I'm not a friend to anybody. If someone says, I struggle with community, you know what they're saying? I'm not giving that. I promise you, if you will sow community, you'll get community. We have had in church, I've been in church all of my life, and I've watched that people have said, we don't have community in church, and I've watched this, that I've said, let's have a community event, and the very people that said we don't have community don't show up to the community event. Do you know that's true? The very people that said, we, that we don't ever get together, and then we say, let's all have a picnic, and then they don't show up to the picnic. I say, you didn't show up to the picnic? Oh, I was busy. Thought you wanted to do something for community. We planned it because you said you didn't do anything for community. Can I tell you, it's important for us to come to give, not just to take at the church. Can someone say amen? amen. I don't want to uh, step on any toes this morning. <laughs> well, maybe I do, if, 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 it's, if it's appropriate. But uh, come to give friendship, and you'll receive friends. Come to give community, and you'll get community. We come together often as a church to love and to encourage one another. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.